thank you guys for tuning in uh apologies for the delay um this podcast is late i've been late as of late but you know what i've been busy man i'm gonna make it up to you guys i promise uh i want to drop more episodes this week not just one not just two but probably three episodes this week and our guest today He's dope as fuck. He's one of my favorite comedians in D.C. Um, he's on the upcoming Overachiever show. September 27th is when the next show is. Uh, headliner, Sarome Russell, Lafayette Wright. Who else we got? Andy Klein. Andy Klein. And our guest today, you just heard him. Give it up for Umar Khan. Hey, 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 what's up? Thanks, man. Thanks for joining me. We're chilling at the house. <laughs> yeah, in your bedroom. In my bedroom, dog. This is the, <laughs> the only person who's uh, done an episode in my room is uh, Chris Milner. Nice. Yeah, dude. You're in good company. <laughs> nice, dude. This is this is like what hanging out in like elementary, middle school was. If it has that vibe, right? Yeah, no one does that. Like, do you remember hanging out with friends where you had no agenda and you would just go over their house and chill, and that's it. Well, the give the only given would be they would have Nintendo sixty four, some yeah, type of council. Yeah, you play video games. Because otherwise, it would be, it would be. Because thinking back to middle school, there's no way I can chill in anyone's room without a game console. With unless you had like, yeah. Well, yeah, we would like not just room, but just like the, just the, chilling in someone's house, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, friend's yeah. house, without like. I mean, I guess we're here to podcast, but it, it like. I just remember, like my, I would call my friend and it's like, hey, yeah, can I just come over and yeah, we would yeah. just chill, yeah, 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 and either we would do something or we wouldn't. We would just watch TV together and kill time or play video games. Yeah, my thing would be video games or uh, we. I was really into um, like StarCraft. I don't know if you remember Star, like PC games. Yes, I played PC like uh, Red Counter- Alert, Counter Strike. I fucked with. Yeah. I, was a, I was a Counter Strike head. I was a Red Alert kind of guy. Red Alert was that a shooting game? No, it was where you had to like build these bases. And you would go, build some shit. Yeah, and then you would go <laughs> attack other bases. But my go-to was Tony Hawk, man. Ah, uh, Tony yeah. Hawk. That was a PlayStation joint, right? Yeah, I still have Tony Hawk. Hell yeah, I don't dude. play video games that much. Ah, uh, so many summers were lost to Tony Hawk and Goldeneye. Yeah, dude. Isn't that nuts? Can do you play video games now? No, not a, no, well. That's not true. I do play. I fucks with Madden. Okay. I fucks with UFC. Madden is my yeah my uh, my weakness. Damn, really. I couldn't imagine killing a whole afternoon or night playing video games anymore. I like mellowing out after shows. Really? Video games. Video games uh, to cap off a night. Yeah. Off some like whether it's a good or bad show. Yeah. I always like coming back to the middle. Nice. I like. I never like highs. I don't like lows. I'm like, let's let's mellow this out. Yeah. So you're because it. You know what my mellow is? Is driving an hour and a half home. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because like. If I'm in DC, hope like if it's night, hopefully it's an hour. Yeah. But then, like by the time I'm home, I'm like, okay, let's brush our teeth and go to bed and wake up for work at seven thirty. Fuck that commute is terrible. Yeah, but an you get used half. to it. It's yeah. better than performing to nobody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, DC do, does have some good crowds. So yeah, your drive. So you're coming from Baltimore. Yeah, that's your that's your commute. And uh, the commute to here wasn't so bad, right? An hour, just a oh, str- an hour? literally an hour. I left straight from work because it was a half day. Hell yeah. yeah. Where do you work at? I work in school. I don't want to say for yeah, what yeah, district, yeah. but I am a school psychologist. Hell yeah. yeah. Helping kids out with, yeah. their, with their problems. In the city, in the inner city. In the hood? In the hood. I work in the hood. Yeah, it's cool. It's a great job. What, first off, that's a, when I hear you talk about it on stage a little bit. Yeah. But uh, are the 
the stuff that you say on stage are those like real a hundred every yeah hundred percent real i can't even say the craziest shit can you say it on the podcast i mean it's so sad so I don't want to bum let's, people. No, out. let's fucking let's get let's let's go let's get right. right into it. let's get right into it. Let's, do you know the craziest thing I've dealt with? Oh, I think everyone listening wants to know oh what the craziest God. thing. Let's so I take us to Crazy Town, Umar. This is I why we're here. High, we're in my room. I mean, it's so <laughs> sad. I don't know. No, we'll don't worry. I'll bring it back. Okay, we'll, we'll figure. Uh, we'll, we'll end uh, it on something I mean, positive. A lot, like a lot of it is just like you know, it's the hood. It's all right. Paint paint a picture for us. The wi- like on the scale of one to the wire. It's the same neighborhood as the wire. It's West Baltimore. Oh Ooh, shit! This is whatever. So yeah, the the, the Omar is hanging out yeah. outside. Just <laughs> yeah, like, just yeah. The, it's summer out, and he has a full leather coat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's, like that. Like some gay cuckoo, like cuckoo man town. with a gun hanging outside. Yeah. The, no, so I mean, it's a it's a pretty rough neighborhood. Um, People get killed all the time. Uh, I've had to deal with a lot of kids being killed and like helping their friends deal with it. So we have to do that stuff. Parents kids being, being killed. Ki- kids being killed. Yeah. One of, uh, there was like a national story that happened in Baltimore where like, uh, uh a mom murdered mm-hmm. her baby's Father. daddy yep. in a hospital waiting room while they were waiting for their son to come out of surgery and she just left drove to her daughter's school and told her daughter like hey i'm sorry your dad just died and like they were like and then mom was arrested a couple days later because they found out that she murdered this guy she stabbed him to death and just walked out of the waiting room man so like i mean like stuff like that happens and then so when that happens so everyone always knows someone in baltimore it's a small town yeah so then you have to have these things called like crisis a crisis like meeting or crisis team so you find out all the kids who might be impacted so if anytime there's like a like a shooting someone like a kid dies i had a situation in high school where we had a crisis meeting where uh when i was in ninth grade a kid from our middle school hung himself and jesus and we got brought in to uh like a little counselor yeah. i guess at that that would be your profession now yep. and yep. it was like a uh, 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 like a i like how you said that a little counselor those <laughs> 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 you know, little fucking pieces of shit well now that i'm in a, no. as in a looking back it's yeah. like some guy had that job some woman had that job to, yeah to talk to these like yeah. 14 year olds there's yeah. like 10 of us and we all knew this kid david pale yeah and they sat us down and we had to go oh, through he's me- real pale right now, guys. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> hi uh, And I, we all had to share memories of this kid. And like, just like, how do you feel? Like, we yeah. all had to talk about our feelings. How did you, how do, do you remember how that process felt to you at the time? Because I've never dealt with that. I was that. so honest. I yeah. was like, honestly, guys, David wasn't nice to me, man. He was kind of a bully to me. I think that's cool. I think I like that. Well, I had to keep it because I, I was never one to like, say something because that's what was expected of the group i was like yeah gotta be honest with you i have vivid memories of him bullying me wow like yeah Yeah. and i'm not and i wasn't saying i I didn't go as far to say i was happy he did that but i was like gotta be honest like i don't have these like positive memories but at the same time i was still like holy shit the kid hung himself like yeah and he's a kid yeah and now looking back as an adult he probably had some shit he was oh, one, dealing 1, with. Oh, percent. He was. And he's taking it out on other people. Of course, and, you know, yeah, yeah. But at the, in, my, yeah. In, in case my, he would call me gay a lot. 
Yeah. I, I'd wear these like uh, back in the day. There was like Guess was really popular. Remember yes, the Guess shirts? Yes, dude. I had all that shit. And I, so I had Guess, and he'd be like, Guess who's gay? And it was every day. I was like, Fuck, dude. I got I can't, like like that. And everyone would laugh. I'm like, It's not even that funny. I don't know. It's it not made that me laugh yeah, yeah. pretty fucking hard. <laughs> I know, but because I used to like, I was the only kid who used to gel my hair at that age too. Oh my god, I used to gel my hair. And so I think I was that like, is such an immigrant it, thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, immigrant, and in my case, I was, uh, I was, I was leaning into my Latin side. Like, yeah. Every Latin kid would gel their hair to the side. Nice. You had I the was cholo. Like, did you do the, like the cholo look? And that was pretty chill. It was a pretty chill. It's like a pretty consistent look I've had throughout my life. Wow. And uh, and yeah, he would just call me gay, and then he and that same kid ended up uh, hanging himself. Wow. Like, a few years, like not that long after. In in ninth when he was in ninth grade, I guess in ninth grade, yeah. Was he in your school at the no, time? No, at the time he was at a different school. But wow. we all, but they called us. We because still, that you knew him. We knew him. So why did they call you in? They just thought you were cool with him. Because yeah, I was a part of that like I guess that group. Yeah, and you're a boy. The social He's group. A boy, yeah, yeah, and they kind of like put us in that group. And I definitely knew like yeah, I, we were in the you know when you're in elementary school, you kind of like your home your your home class is like your neighborhood that's your, kids. That's your social. Yeah. That's your social neighborhood. Yeah, and, and it's, it's weird because when I'm doing these groups, I never know if it's helpful because I've never had to mm. go through something like that. And I don't know. Is it helpful to talk about it? Is it helpful to, like, write notes to the kids' families or draw pictures? And right. they like it seems like they like doing it. But then I'm like, you just don't want to be in class. Yeah. You know? And so... I don't know. I just you, you every, honestly you honestly don't know. You honestly have, I honestly like, don't know. Like it's just my as a professional, you're like it's a crazy because it's just such a crazy job in a crazy not a crazy but like in an environment that most people would not call quote unquote normal, right? But what, don't you think that that's where they need it the most? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Even if they don't necessarily value it or see the value in it in the moment. Yeah. Years I'll, later, it could like, yo, if it wasn't for that one brown dude. Yeah. 30 years <laughs> ago. Weird be- People say that, but I just don't. I honestly. I think so. You know why? I don't know. I, I had that when I was. Really? Yep. Wow. My, uh, yeah, my parents had a really nasty divorce. And yeah. I remember I was a kid in elementary school. We're talking like first grade. I wouldn't say like a word in class. Wow. I was that kid. That's I, a big I, deal I, when I freaked, kids I, don't I, do that. I, like I would say, I, I would like, it wasn't like to the extreme of like not talking, like a mute, but I would, I would just like avoid talking. Right. Yeah. To the point where people were concerned, like, a, like the teachers were concerned about me. Wow. And then like, I ended up being in this, like another group that was like, I later found out after like, this is first grade. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, a, a special group of everyone that, that's going through a divorce in their family. Yeah. And we'd share stories. All the kids would share stories about like their parents getting divorced. And like one kid's like, yeah. And then my, my dad threw his briefcase against the wall against my mom. And like my mom's glasses, bro- like they would like share these crazy Holy stories. Shit. I would never go as far as sharing the stories between my, my mom and dad. Cause I knew better. Yeah. But I was like, yo, this is great. Cause like, I don't know, maybe it's like the ethnic code. Don't talk about the oh, family, yeah, you know, but sure. the, all the white kids were like, give all the dirt. Like, and then yeah. my mom brought someone else home. Yeah. It yeah, was like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> He's not daddy. It's funny. Cause now I do that on stage, but back then I would never do that. Well, yeah. Now it's, it's funny. Like yeah. now it's a good joke for, it's a good yeah, punchline. Maybe it's, true. maybe it's cause we held it back all these years. And so you think that group, you think that group helped you? Cause we have so many groups. No, like that. I don't think that group helped me. But I remember going to see like a special, I think it was almost maybe court ordered, but like, it was like a, a child was, psychologist. A ch- yeah. A child psychologist. Yeah. And like, I would draw. Yeah. Like they're like, how did, how does it feel when dad's not home? And they like make me draw. 
Wow. Like me, like at Christmas. Yeah. And it'd be like me, like with my mom and like my dad not there. It was like interesting. Looking back, I don't know. But even just having the option of like uh, talking it out. Yeah. I re- I do. I remember one story that, that I never, when I was like uh, in first grade, my principal, Mrs. Yates, took me out in her Miata to get McDonald's. And uh, I don't know why to this day. She's like, you're my, but like, uh, that was like the coolest thing in the world. And it made me so happy. Yeah. And it was just having that moment of like being taken out of class and being treated like special. And then it's like, I, you know, I don't know if that maybe, uh, made me talk more, but I was like, that was a good, I was like, I, to this day, I remember that. Yeah. So it's like, I think having those like moments of like, of, uh, you know, talking to kids when they're young, that shit has an impact, bro. Yeah. Cause a lot of those kids probably don't have anyone to talk to. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I hope I'm what I do matters. I'm, I'm just surprised that like, because it sounds like you went to college for this. I have a master's and Dude, more. That's, that's a lot of <laughs> to, to to have that much education in this field. And, I think and not and feel like I don't even know if this shit's working out. But it's because when you work in an atmosphere in an environment that's so harsh, you see such little progress. And I'm only in my third year, so I feel uh-huh. like a fraud. And mm. Uh, I was going to say, are you unattached to it? Uh, I guess you kind of have to be, right? Uh, no, I'm unattached in what way? Just like whether like what the results are, whether it's good or bad. It's like, uh, I can't, I can't try to win. Every, every client or case is not going to be a victory. Yeah. But people tell you like my boss will tell me that. And, um, but you can't go into it that way. Right. You go into it. That's like 30 years in. Yeah. That's like when you're <laughs> ready to retire. Yeah. But you go into it like like today I had one session with the kid. It was the first time I met him and he came with me and we did kind of what you're talking about. Um, we read a book about it was just an icebreaker. So we read a book about families and some families have two moms. Some right, families right. have two dads. Some families have a mom and, or mom. You know, it started with mom and dad and then talked about two dads, two moms. And some people are adopted. And and then I had him draw his family for me. Hell yeah. And when I talked to the teachers, like, oh, my God, I can't believe he even went with you last year. He didn't even talk to the psychologist. Whoa. And and, uh, and I think it's because like, I'm younger. Two years ago, he just punched the girl in the face. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He is a little violent kid, I heard. And uh, and so that was cool to be able to like one thing I am good at is connecting with kids, whether or not. If I'm, so let's get into the scary thing. I don't think I'm good at counseling, but I'm good at. Connecting. Let's get into the crazy thing you're t- oh, alluding crazy to. Thing? Oh boy. Uh, well, let's go. Let's go with violence. Violence. Yeah. Is there any kid? What's the most violent situation? Kid that I've had to. I've never been hit. Thank God, because I'm. I cool. was. Damn. I thought I. I had a feeling you were. You thought I was hit. Yeah, I would imagine with that environment, there's one kid who had to swing on you. Like you ain't my father. No, because I don't. I've never yelled at a kid. I've never mm. raised my voice at a kid because I'm like the cool. I'm like Mr. Cool. So you, 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 you go the, you go the cool route. You go. Yeah. You don't try too hard. No, you don't I try to like. Yeah, no way. Like, be like Darnell, it's not your fault. Be, I'm a Darnell. Yeah. It's not your fault. <laughs> yeah, like stop saying that. Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah, I'm the psychologist, so. I'm like the one ex- escape because even teachers and it's not the teachers. Right. Fault. You're they not a teacher. Yeah, you're not, yeah. Teaching is oof. you're dealing with 30 kids who all have behavior problems and they and they're all probably functioning below grade level. I get to come in, pull them out of an atmosphere in which they feel, you know, stupid because if you're in high school and you're reading at a fourth grade level every day in class for you is a nightmare every yeah. day 
it's a nightmare and you're easily frustrated when you're easily frustrated you're easily set off you know yeah. it's like if you're in a bad mood someone says something to you you snap at them maybe on a day you were if you just got off you had a huge awesome show someone said the same thing to you you're feeling good you'd brush that shit off right but if every day you're going to this place where you know you you're gonna feel dumb i pull you from that we just talk you can talk about whatever you want we talk about your problems so i'm like the cool guy yeah. you know so no one's ever swung on me there are psychologists who have been hit but i think it's their fault uh, right. Which is like a terrible thing to say. So you you, you don't want to go into the crazy story. It's fine. I, I thought I, yeah, I take it back because if someone does listen to this, they know what school I worked at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might be able to figure out who it it's, was. We'll we'll avoid it. But yeah. uh, it sounds like you got your hands. It full. was pretty brutal. Yeah. So the, the the trans. So you go from like psychiatrist. I'm a school psychologist. School psychologist yeah. during the day. Yeah. In the inner city. Yeah. And then comedian. At night. In the bougie streets of D.C. and Baltimore in Virginia. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking dope. How long have you been doing comedy for? Uh, I think eight years, but seriously, probably for like five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to say that because when I say I've been doing it for eight years, it makes me feel bad about the little success I've had for an eight you know, year. Because then like... That's normal though. You meet people like, like Tim Dillon, this motherfucker, eight years in, started in New York, has a Netflix special, a Comedy Central special coming out, and he just shot a pilot, and you're like, fuck, you did that in eight years. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's true. People hit at different times, though. Yeah, and, and, but that's the thing like we were talking about. Yeah. You just, the more you do it, the more you realize these things always will come and go. Yeah. And opportunities are always I there. think the worst thing... I think the worst thing that could happen is getting stuff and not being ready for it. Yeah. And that's I happened mean, to a lot of people, dude. I know a lot of our peers, a lot of my like homies, dude, I got homies that got stuff. The shit didn't work out. And yeah, kind of like, I don't want to say a square one, but yeah, man, that shit is disheartening. Yeah, dude. You don't want it. So it's like, that's why that's the, that's the flip side of that is like wanting things, but then like, also like, are you ready for what you want? Yeah. You know? Are you getting ready for what you want? I don't know. Yeah. And that was, it was, it's, I, and like, it's funny. Cause like, do you want to do more than stand up? I think I would need to, to continue to do stand up yeah, at a high that's level. Yeah, different. Every, yeah. But I think that's why people, people fall in love with stand up. You realize big picture. No one gives a fuck about stand up in terms of like money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so like your agents and managers, they're like, they don't give a fuck if you do a weekend at McGooby's. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what do they get? $150 off that weekend from you? Yeah, I could see myself doing something like this on a higher level. Yeah. Talking to people. Yeah. Uh doing some like um whatever uh the new talk show, nightly talk show is gonna be in the next ten years. I don't know what it's gonna look I like. I think it's like Rogan. Yeah, yeah, I that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm even doing this. Because like, I yeah. I'm more comfortable doing this in my room, yeah. living with my dad. Rogan you know just mean? got Elon Musk on his podcast. It's pretty nuts. He has twenty that Dude, Mark makes, Maron just got Paul McCartney. This shit, that episode that's was crazy. Yeah, it's like the you had Obama. Like, yeah, it's talk shows. I don't know. I think they're they're on their way out. They've been on their way out. They've been outdated. I don't understand. Yeah, why even people talk like that? What? Anymore. Yeah, it's so stupid. It's all fake. We all know it's fake. Yeah, they're not hearing about the Baltimore inner city streets. Yeah, you know I mean? they're not. You're not. About <laughs> the, <laughs> you're not hearing about the video games we came up playing up on these mean suburban they, streets. They don't know about that. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, do comedy. It's cool. Six. Uh, we'll say. Do you think years. it's? Do you think it's cool, or do you think it's? Are you one of these guys who like? Do you love what you do? Or are you sick and tired of it? Oh, fuck. I be honest, Umar. I I love it, but I will say, it's 
it's getting more frustrating than it is fun because I think it's all about goals, right? Mm-hmm. So I want I have you you set yourself little goals like I want to be able to kill for five minutes. I want to be able mm-hmm. to like get on a cool local show. I want to be able to host. I want to be able to feature. And then like uh, jumping from where I am now to like another level just seems impossible. You yeah. know, like you make it, you, you're featuring for people you love, you're opening up for comics you love. And then the next level is like TV credits and all that. And it's like, I don't, I don't even know how to do it, you know? And uh, I don't know if I have it in me. And like you were talking about how you don't have doubt. I think I'm the exact, I, I think my actions show that I don't have doubt. Cause of like, I still keep trying to hustle and go for stuff and do yeah. stuff. But, uh, ah, man, I like, like just last night, like I watched these two comics, really funny, Dan Perlman and Isabel Hagen. Have you, mm-hmm. I know Dan, dude, Dan's great. Isabel Hagen's great. Like Isabel, if you can, you should fucking book her. I don't, I, I've never met. I don't know. Jesus yeah, I check Christ. Her out. Fucking tore the roof off the show. Amazing. And, uh, and I watched her and I was like, fuck, like. I don't think I'm anywhere as good as her Mm. and she's younger than me and been doing it maybe like four years less than me. And in, and that shit puts doubt in my head. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it like that, yeah, you know, that's definitely something, a deterrent, but at the same time, it's like not to be cheesy, man, that shit has to come from within dude. Yeah. If you're not, cause ultimately end of the day, you're alone on that stage with that yeah. crowd and it's up to you to rock it or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the shit that can wear you out too. Cause if you're not feeling in your heart, it'll quickly show in your face. Yes. And, and the yeah. crowd and then they be, know, and they know, they know they when you're not, know. when you're not with it, when you're like, yeah, eh, this guy don't want it. I know. I don't want it. I could be at a, a mic with eight people. Yeah. And not even trying hard, but people know they're like, yeah. this guy don't, this guy's, I could be like not trying to kill, but working on new material. And they're like, this guy will listen to this guy. Yeah. This guy. Well, so I think, and I think me and you have, we do have that immigrant, not white. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. We're, we're my TV minority safe. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's like, there's like the thing people don't understand is like the, the what's de- your background? Uh, Pakistani. So okay. my parents are both Pakistani. Very, uh, it's a very, uh, hardline culture. Yeah, you don't, I, yeah. But I grew up in like white suburbia, so I'm pretty. I'm whitewashed. You've uh, you've uh, you've assimilated to the white uh, yeah, culture. I, I date white women. Even, I'm yeah. an atheist. I don't. Yeah. Hell yeah! All about the white meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you probably don't know that I dated a Pakistani girl. Uh, really? Like two three years ago, and we were very we were serious. It got to the point like she had almost the exact same name as you. Well, same last name. Wow. And her she, first name was Umna. Wow. So when I, you didn't know this, like when no. I'd see your name, pop, like after we broke up, I'd see your name pop up and I'd be like, fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Cause it will be almost the exact same name. Wow. So like on our newsfeed, your, your shit would pop up and I'd be like, wait, who's this? And then I was like, it would just be like a reminder of my ex. It'd be like, oh my God. Did she lie this? about it to her parents? Did she hide she it? Could, yeah, she had to. She, yeah, she had to. That shit sucks. See, my would, parents aren't like that. That was ultimately what ended up being the breakup. With yeah, because uh, it, it got, got to a point serious. where I was like, "Yo, like, yeah." That's people don't know that about the Pakistani culture. Did she like, asked you to convert. Yeah. Wow. And I said, I was like, "Yo, I'm down." Do you know why I think more people know that now? Because of that podcast serial. Word. Did you ever listen? I didn't listen to that, but I, was, I thought you were going to say the big sick. 
Oh yeah, yeah, the big sick too. But I think more people probably listen, listen to, to cereal, cereal than yeah. watch the big sick. Yeah, because that, that's what it's all about. This Pakistani kid who he lived a double life, mm. you know, like his parents, and then his he ended up killing his. Well, I think he did it, but <laughs> <laughs> I have to listen to that. Episode. That was my neighborhood. Oh shit! Oh, it's a. It was you never listened to cereal. I, I definitely heard of it. Oh okay, but okay. I, I, it's like yeah. this like ten it's, or twelve part series, and it, it's just this murder that happened in my neighborhood growing up. Yeah, and uh, it was weird. Surrounded by you've been been surrounded by murder a lot. I know. Do you gravitate? Do you gravitate towards murder? I love murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murdering on stage. Murdering. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like if if someone were to see meet you, you you give off like a because if you're dealing with like all this turmoil with these children, yeah, that kind of energy kind of transfers onto you. I don't know if there's if that's true or not, but like it's hard to not get like. Maybe it might not be transferred to you, but you're exposed to some yeah. some pretty, uh, for lack of better words, fucked up shit. Yeah. I right? think it's for the most part, if you're smart, and I'm saying I'm not smarter than anyone or anything. You could say you have a master's. I am, but it, what, I'm good at school. But um, I'm glad you said that. You're good. good at, being good at school is a skill set. Yeah. It doesn't mean you know, you know, the, you know how to work the system. Yes. It doesn't necessarily mean you're like an intellectual because right. I will tell you, I went to school with some dummies <laughs> who were better at school than me, but they're just idiots. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, it just gives you a perspective, like especially with comedy. It's like when things aren't working out, you're like, well, uh, you know. At least, like, I have parents who care about me and sacrifice a lot for me. And yeah, the, both your parents are they they came to this country from Pakistan. Yeah, what, how they long had an arranged how, how marriage? Yo, you can sit on the bed if it's. More oh, I'm good. They're like the big sick. My parents, you know, like yeah. they had an arranged marriage. My dad, my Jesus. mom had like an, a half an hour phone conversation, and then he flew to Pakistan. They got married. He flew back. She flew back a year later. So your dad was already in America. Yeah. When when, when did he come? He came in '79. That's when my dad came. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he well. He had to come in 70. A lot of Iranians came in 79 because that's when they overthrew the king. Oh, right, right. So there was like a revolution. Yep, and they were like, Yeah, so my dad came. So your dad came in 79 from Pakistan. Yeah, moved. Then it was like, I need a lady. Yeah. And make some phone calls. Around like 86, they got married. 87. Oh, that was a, that was a long time period. Yeah. Gap. They got married late for Pakistan. Did Pakistan, they date for that long? There's no dating. Um, there was a phone call. They talked. In 79. In, in, no, in 80. This so like the way it used to happen was your family break it down. It was like honestly, it Tinder existed in that world just uh, on paper. Like literally, people would create. I talk Pro, about this like in a, my act a pro, now. Profiles, yeah. They would create these profiles. They get printed and mailed around mm. to families, and then and if they think there's a good match, and it's like and it was honestly like a resume, like this is their their her father's educated like this and her mother's like your headshots. It's like your audition. There's a headshot, it's yeah, like an audition and a process. bio. Yeah. And so then like Meet Hassan. Yeah, exactly. Engineer <laughs> yeah. From the village of <laughs> yeah. Kandahar. Yeah. I don't know. I don't oh, even yeah. know if that, I think that's a real city. <laughs> and uh and so yeah, and then so I guess my mom's family saw my dad's profile i guess and then they set up like a this guy looks with, like a winner he's yeah. gonna make a comedian which is funny because my dad was already bald but i think the biggest selling point was he lived in america oh you know i think america is a pretty good selling point. it's a great selling point because back then what if you live in america she can get papers to come yeah and that's what happened so and then um they're like don't fuck this up for yeah. marry <laughs> this american yeah guy. and 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 
And I guess like Aziz's show talked about it too. They did a whole episode on yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that episode. Which was really good and relatable because I never thought about it that the way that the show portrayed it. Where So my parents, they have a conversation. They get married. So they he flies to Pakistan. They get married. My dad flies back. My mom can't come for another year because of the visa green card shit. Yeah. But then just like I never thought that like, oh, yeah, my mom came to a whole new country didn't know anyone. It was just a stranger in an apartment with this, like, was in an apartment with a stranger yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah. That's, I will never do anything that crazy in my life. Like, it's funny now that, like, none of these, us will. Yeah. I don't all think these kids, like, our friends, like, that I used to have, like, a 10 minute chunk on. I would make fun of, like, uh, I would date a white girl who, like, traveled to India and uh, just she thought it was, like, an adventure and blah. And my dad was just like, what? My dad was like, wait, she saved money to go to India and the whole time I'm saving money so I never have to go back to that part of the world. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> and he's like, why would she do that? And and she wanted to teach English over there. And my dad's like, they're never going to use it. You know, like, yeah. it's just like, and and like you, people, when they go to that part of the, the world, they glorify the third world country, you know, right. where it, they don't realize that people don't live like that way because they think it's Zen. They live that way because that's their only option. Mm. And I think the biggest takeaway isn't that like we need to live that way. So when people, when my girlfriend came back, my girlfriend at the time, not now, she was like, I, I think I want to get rid of my car and my, and all these like name brand clothes. Seriously? I'm like, yeah, she's fucking dumb. And yeah. uh, <laughs> whatever. I think yeah. she cheated on me and, uh. and now married the guy. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, if it's true love, then I, yeah, I, I can forgive it. But sure, 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 sure. Uh, I'm not petty. But uh, if it's only if it's true love, though, only if it's true. Nah, I yeah. don't care. <laughs> if someone doesn't want to be with you, they don't want to be with you, right? Right. But anyway, so she came back and she said all this stuff, and I was like, I think the takeaway is is you need to find a way to exist in the life that was given to you, and and you can make it better. But perspective comes from just how you you look at your situation, not from getting like you know like yeah they don't they don't have cars and they they live a slow paced life you think she was maybe seeking out struggle i think yeah i think she's seeking out struggle but also like perspective i find that with a lot of uh my white friends yeah a lot of my white friends are like they grew up in a sheltered environment or without now i don't even say sheltered yeah because i grew up sheltered yeah it's like sheltered isn't the right word it's like maybe let's say without struggle Without yeah. a, without any obstacles, where sure. sometimes you have to create your own struggle yeah. to have a narrative. Yeah, like well, I you know I had to create this own my drug habit yeah. to fight <laughs> to yeah. have a problem. And and I, you know I wouldn't even say white. I would yeah. just say like Americans. Right, like Americans if, is a good. That's a great. If you're an established, if your family has been established in this country for a long time, wealth has been passed down. Right, like. Yeah, I, my parents came here like they have no savings. Like when we went to college, like there's no money. Like we all like I mean like everyone takes out loans, but there's no fun set aside for us. Right. My parents have ne like they didn't even know how to apply to college here, and um, how do you write a personal statement and all that shit? Like we just had to kind of figure it out. Pioneers. Yeah, and uh, people don't. I think like that's. I don't know if it's privilege or what you want to call it, but. How, coming from a family that's been well established and like land and wealth has been passed down it's a huge advantage yeah and uh like that the girlfriend i was speaking of like 
just the fact that you can take three, you can quit your job, take three months out of the year just to travel. It's like, how do you have that money? It's like, oh, because a grandmother died and left everyone all this money. Right. No, when my people, my family died, we're not getting a lot of money. Yeah. Or having the the option of like not wanting your car anymore. Yeah. Like I don't want my car. Exactly. There's people who would die to just have. Yeah. Crazy. So different lifestyle, but just dating white women in general is what gave you that perspective. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, if, if you didn't date white women, <laughs> right. You would have no idea how much they sought out struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if it's true for all of them, but it's, yeah, I think people it, like it they're seeking be, it, out it, struggle and culture and like, they, it seems to be an ongoing trend right now. Where yeah. I feel like a lot of love a, thing. A, a lot of young people. Or like finding, trying to masking with trying to find their purpose. Yeah. But like they seek out these struggles. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It's uh, we see it play out every day. But are you gonna find your purpose in India while you watch poor people shit on the street? Yeah. Like like that. I don't get that level of thinking. You know, like it's just so weird. I guess that's what makes us. I kind of like. I don't want to say lucky, but. The fact that we found something that we enjoy doing. Yeah. Uh, and nothing will come close to yeah. feeling as good as doing comedy. Yeah. Stand-up is, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely in a, in a in its own class of crazy things you can end up doing. Yeah. Well, because people talk about, like, people give me shit because I've never really traveled much. Mm-hmm. So this, this is me and my girlfriend went to Puerto Rico. That was, like, my first real adult vacation. We traveled all over and all this that's not, when was this? Uh, this was the end of August. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't make any personal posts anymore. It's all Hell comedy, yeah. and uh, so it was great. It was amazing. Some of the most amazing things I've ever seen and done. But dude, nothing came close to like doing well on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing feels that good. Yeah, it's hard. Nothing will come that close. Do you think we're ruined for that? Do you think that ruins No, our- I think that's our thing, and traveling is someone else's thing. That's how they it's feel true. alive, and they feel connected to the world and people around them. And I think for us, yeah. it's doing well on stage and uh, yeah, knowing think, that uh, people in the crowd want to have sex with you. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right, dude. I think most people are like that. Yeah. Most people, like they get off on like working hard, saving up money. Yeah. Retiring so they can travel. Yeah. That's it. That's the dream. Everyone like, says that. That's, and it's like, we're yeah. we're just like, fuck that. Yeah. And to me, honestly. We're going to be broke. Yeah. And we're just going to do co- what we want to do right now. <laughs> yeah. And like, honestly, to me, like, I, I, I'd rather spend the time that I could be traveling just going to other cities and doing comedy. Yeah. If I'm going to go somewhere, I might as well that's, make a group of strangers laugh. Yeah. That's what I value. And so that's what helps me feel get by or feel good or what that's what i want those are my goals so i guess it's it's just what you want it's what your goals are yeah most people don't know what they want that's their problem you think so i think so yeah they don't have the you know every night i go on stage and it's like i look at the audience and usually i say i say this i say this at mics mostly because usually at mics it's like the energy's like pretty sad yeah and i like address i'll address it i'm like yeah i'll be like Man, give it up for all the comics tonight, man. They're out here just chasing their dreams, man. And oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. woke up here tonight like, yo, I'm going to come to Big Hunt and make them laugh. <laughs> and you guys are like, we'll see. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. You know, that shit, shit feels yeah. like we tell you our best jokes and you guys hey, just stare at us. Hey, you're not supposed like, to give the crowd shit. I know. <laughs> According <laughs> to Facebook status updates. Yeah. But the, the, the thing I was getting at was like, uh, you know, a lot of these people, they're there to be entertained because they're trying to fill a void. 
Just like we're trying to fill a void. Yeah, or just kill time. They're trying to kill time. Because, yeah. dude, what happens is... But there's is, so many things you could do. No, but but you run out. Mm. So, like, I think Jim Gaffigan had that joke that bowling is the activity friends do when they've run out of all options. They're like, well, we went to the movies recently. We went, uh, I don't know, we played mini golf. Like, I guess we'll go bowling. Yeah. And I think comedy is that, too. Because think about this, dude. It's the new bowling. Comedy clubs, if you're not going to see a comic you like, most comedy clubs fucking feel like a Chuck E. Cheese for adults when you walk in. Yeah. It's like this weird, sterile atmosphere. Shitty food. Yeah. You know, it's, it's overpriced for yeah. no reason. With the exception of a few. Uh, a few. Uh, yeah. they're, they're the A rooms. Yeah. But if you're not in A room, if you're in a fucking like funny bone in the middle sometimes, of nowhere. Sometimes I question what I'm doing there. Yeah. I'm like, why am, if I wasn't if I wasn't going on stage right now, why would I be here? I, I don't think I would ever go to certain comedy clubs that I performed at, you yeah. know, if. If I wasn't a comic. Having said that, you just performed at the 930, 930 Club. 930 Club. Yeah, that was dope. Sold out show. 930 Club is uh, probably one of the most like not- like notorious venues in D.C. Yeah. Uh, I got open- to do like, not to, no, well, no, I no. guess yeah. this is like bragging. Uh, it was cool because I've done. This is the time to brag. If there was a time, yeah. of, it would be the Overachievers <laughs> podcast. I've done, uh, I did the Six and I Synagogue with Hassan Minaj. Open for Hassan. Which is great because that's considered like. Uh, like a pretty cool big deal venue in DC. Mm-hmm. The first comedy show I Live ever Nation. saw. Live Nation venue. Yep. Is it? Yep. Oh, nice. The first comic I ever saw live was Aziz Ansari at Six and I. Holy shit. When was this? Must have been a long time this ago. This was like 2008, 2009. When he was on his come up. Yeah. It was before that. Was he funny? He was great. His fir- It was his first. It was before he recorded his first hour. Yeah. I was like, I'm very curious about Aziz's like rise. I thought that was great, and I thought after, after everything after that, I wasn't a fan of. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just told jokes, you yeah. know. But I think if you look back at it now, with yeah, yeah, being a comic, you'd be like, ah, it was kind of still shitty. But I remember being there. I remember laughing. He was a pioneer. He was yeah. a young, the first young dude to like have that voice. He was the first young and brown dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and not doing like ethnic jokes. Yeah, and he and that. I learned a lot from that and I'm not going to lie. Like I had that, you know, like I had that, like if he you, can do it, you, I can do you it. You caught the Aziz bug. I caught the Aziz bug. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, so, and that's when I first was getting into comedy. Yeah. I caught the Hassan, the Hassan bug. Oh, for real? Yeah. I was like, yeah, you guys Hassan have, could do it. I can do it. I can, yeah. I can, I, I have charisma. Yeah. He is very charismatic. So, so charismatic. So much like, ah, and you guys are like good looking, he good like hair. Car- but he knows how to carry that like energy yeah. into his material. Yeah. He is, uh, cause he's just telling stories. Yeah. And it's like, but he's just so likable and charismatic. Yeah. His next hour is like almost like the daily show. He shows clips and he like talks about him and stuff. It's all, I think it's all about being, I think he's trying to take down the stereotypes of Muslims or something. Interesting. Which is cool, but it's also like all your fans already agree with you, but hey, you're doing yeah, something. Yeah, it sounds like uh, he's just trying to come at it a different way. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, repeating what he did in the first one is going to be pretty tough, especially if you're not working clubs. Yeah. Well, he does. You, you know, just, he works it out at the cellar and Fat Black Pussycat. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did, did you see Drew Michael's new special? Yeah. On HBO? What's your thoughts on that? I liked it. I didn't think it was super funny. Right. I don't think he was going for that, but I liked it. I, I could, thought, yeah, I couldn't get through 
seven minutes of it. I thought the difference, <laughs> if people don't know, this guy Drew Michael filmed the, I might be biased too because he did my show and I loved it live. Yeah. I thought it worked well live. But this guy filmed a special. It's just him. It's a one-man show. No audience. No audience. He's just there in an empty room and it's him. And then there's there's like a interstitial cut- yeah. cutouts uh, with him Skyping with a British girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you, did you, if you watch it until the end. No. Dude, it comes full circle. It's so self-aware. That's the difference between Nanette and Drew Michael is Nanette was so self-righteous, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was self-aware. I don't think comedy changes anything. She went on stage and talked about her story and made herself vulnerable. I'm right. doing air quotes because yeah. I don't believe that any comic is truly vulnerable. Um, why, why not? Because when you, you're not, all right, because. Get into it. Because, and this is why. Uh, I've thought about this a lot. Like I used to think comics were vulnerable Mm -hmm. and then the more I did it and the more I met people that I looked up to and I realized how phony a lot of them are. (laughs) And then I realized like, Oh, I'm phony on stage. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 We're we're building a brand, a character, a character. Yeah. A character to brand. Yeah. So what it is, is vulnerability, I think, and there's different definitions, but to me, it's, it's showing someone, who you are without filters it's like this and uh when comedy is good at tricking people into thinking there are no filters but we carefully pick and choose every word and they're rehearsed and we only share what we want to share to me true vulnerability is sharing everything even things you don't want to but with stand-up we get to pick and choose and we and, and we get to rehearse and edit and rehearse and edit so to me, it's not true vulnerability, you know? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a great... Yeah, it's like, it's not raw and, and uncut like, yeah. as we market it. You're as. showing people pieces of what you want them to see because right. you want... Because we're cultivating, like we said, like a brand. We're right. selling. We're honestly, we're selling the whole time. Yeah, but without to play devil's advocate, if sure. we don't hone it, if we don't hone the voice, if we don't like sharpen the... The words, it's not going to come off as uh, as entertaining because then no. you're getting the – then it's, it just becomes like – it's a lot of words, man. No, I hear words. what you're saying, but I, I mean like um, – I guess. have I you th- ever thought of jokes that like you would love to do but you just don't because you know it might look bad? I wouldn't say it, it looks – it just doesn't get the, the – it doesn't match the – The laughs. The laughs. And I, I'll do that, like, for example, tomorrow we're doing a show yeah. where I'm, I'm going to do, I get to do a long set where I'm going to do those jokes. Because yeah. I, 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 A, I like, I like those jokes and yeah. it's more about wh- what it's about. Like, I have a joke about, um, I'm very fortunate because I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, one of the most diverse right. areas. But like, now as an adult, I travel and like the further down I go on I-95 South, the more I'm afraid to see the American flag. Yeah. Because... If I see a Confederate flag, I know I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. But if I see an American flag and a Cracker Barrel, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a gray area. You That's know? true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just makes me rethink, like, uh, you know, sometimes I, 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 I like, reflect on my patriotism because mm-hmm. I'm born and raised here. You yeah. Know? But then it's like, if we ever came down to it, like, and we had to go to war, like, would I fight for my country? I think about stuff like that, like randomly and i'm like yeah you know, and i was like i don't know you know like i'd fight for like maryland dc 
in parts of Virginia. Right. But yeah. not, not Gainesville, Virginia. Fuck right. those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's but that's a very and I can't do I can't say what I just said everywhere. Yeah. I can't question my patriotism. You know what I mean? It's not a it's not a it's not a um Yeah, but, but, or, but or even describing the feeling of seeing the American but flag. But just because of what stand up is your job is to make people laugh. And and I think when you do that, it's going to be a little different where you are. Yeah, you got this. It's like selling out pieces of yourself for the sake yeah. of like So the I'm bigger. not saying that you're fake. I'm not saying people are fake on stage. You I'm can just, say that. You can say that. It's okay. I mean, I think that's uh I'm not, but but fake to, is, it's like compromising. It's compromising. Compromising. But it's like you're a different person at work than you are with your homies, right? When it's right, just right, you right, guys, right, 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 right. no phone, no cameras. I make a conscious effort to be the same person off stage as I am on stage yeah. because we kind of talked about this off, like off the off air. Like I, I have to make an effort to lean into this. If I'm going to yeah. end up doing this. If I separate who I am off stage with the person on stage, I'm gonna probably have a terrible life. Right. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a dreadful, like just yeah. it's it it, it would seem to me be very draining. Yeah, but and I I think I I think I would say most comics strive f- for that right to be the same, and I think I do too. I and think, I think um, I, it's close. I think people I don't but know. There man. are things I will never ever share on stage. Like I'll never tell people my opinions on like Louis C.K. on stage. Right. You know what I mean? I'll never put it on Facebook because it's just not worth yeah. the damage it's going to do to the brand that I'm yeah. building. Yeah. But there's ways of there's there's ways around it. Without giving your take on Louis, yeah. there's ways you can uh, you can attack the premise of why yeah. it shouldn't matter. To me, it's not worth it. That's why I made the whole no social media rule. Is um, what's a no social media rule? Uh, I only post shows. I only promote shows, shows that I've done, like pictures of me at shows with other comics or shit. But I'll never post like I'm on vacation. Here's me, and my girlfriend eating dinner. Look at me. This is what I'm making. Oh, this is me at work. And that makes sense. But but for people listening, why why is that? Why do you choose? Because I do the same thing. Uh, I think like one. I just think it's gross now. Like it, honestly, like do you remember when reality TV show, like reality TV became a thing, and we mm-hmm. all hated these. People. It was hack. It was hack. We hated these people because they were so starved for attention and they had no talent. Right. And then it became this thing where we couldn't stop watching because we wa- we got glee in watching them fail. Yeah. And we're all doing that to each other now. We're yeah. doing that to our peers. Yeah. Even our friends. Like whenever you see people post a gym, gym selfie, do you ever go and like, hey, go for that person? I think yeah. it's, it's a rare reaction. I think mostly it's just like, God, fuck this person. They're so into themselves. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like if, when you see that person like. I don't know something. You're yeah. just like ah, good. They deserve that. I remember growing up in a generation where, uh, like, the act of a selfie would be is would be is would be like you'd be disgu- called gay. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's like the act, the idea of holding up a phone to your face. Yeah, it's so and, like, vain. Sm- it's like that would never fly. Dude, my friends wake up and before they leave for work, take a selfie in the mirror. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah, dude. No yeah. one is looking at that and going. Oh, what a cute out! Like, and Hell if they yeah. are, they're fake. They're being fake, or maybe I'm just an asshole. But I think from talking to other people, everyone thinks it's stupid, but everyone's doing it, and I yeah. was doing it. And then but you- sometimes it, we we fall into this like community of all trying to support, like feeling left out and yes. trying to be a part of a group. Yes. 
But and, it's all it's all fake. It's all nothing. Well, it's that's a smoke what kind screen. of. Do you think that's like uh, what made you not to be all like Marin and shit? But do you think that's why we kind of gravitated towards comedy because we don't give a fuck about? Yeah, we're like the, we're like fuck that. That's yeah. lame. Yeah, like I don't know if you had this moment of like this crossroads of like you see all your friends from high school and college getting married and getting houses and like yeah. babies and shit. And you're like, Jesus, I better double down on what I'm doing because <laughs> it's not it's not going to happen for me anytime soon. So it makes me like lean in where, you know, but then, then the other the flip side is like, dude, I want I don't want their lives. Like yeah. their lives are lame. I don't want their lives, but I think I want like family. Yeah, dude. I mean, th- just because but yeah, it's selfish you, to have a family and try to be a comedian, at least at this stage. Yes. At least at this stage where we're at. I don't understand how the comics who do it. With kids, you know, who are our peers who have kids and do. I don't understand how their wives or their husbands are so cool with them just being gone. All they're the probably time. not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're probably not. They're probably but oh, not talking about it. Yeah, but just to finish the, the social media thing, it's like, so we're all like, just we're all fucking hating each other because of social media. And uh, like so many times, like, I think I roll my eyes more and I'm more disgusted with with what my friends share and then i started asking myself like i think if people start asking themselves like why why am i posting this stuff it's not it's all you want people to think that like you're just as cool if not doing cooler things than other people yeah that's why you post pictures yourself at the beach not because you want people to know that you're at the beach and you want to share this experience with them you want them to think that your life is cool and Mm -hmm. that's fucking gross yeah the idea of it's disgusting but i guess it all comes down to uh chasing a void and sure i think the void and like we do it on a you can someone make can make the argument that what we're doing is pretty disgusting i going, think uh, going in front of strangers sure. every night sure sacrificing yeah. everything <laughs> putting it all on the line you're so dramatic <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking you're, lame. you talk like, like you talk like a like a dude like setting up a trailer for like a uh like a like a documentary on comedy <laughs> putting it all on the on line, line. sacrifice but isn't it but what, isn't it ultimately what it, i mean in a nutshell like you were we're like this you're, is time. This is a time in our. This is a time in our lives. We'll never get back. Right. You're right. But we're honing a talent. Right. It's just like when someone. It's just like it's kids a cra- yeah. who uh, work at an instrument or fucking you know like any kind of like I don't know what are talent like sports or instruments. It's the same thing. So we're putting in work where it's like, what the fuck are you doing? With it? Like, who gives a fuck about what omelet you ordered or like right. what your cappuccino? Like, that's the difference. Yeah. And if I can use social media as a tool. To further my career in comedy, I'll do that. Yeah, but I'm not gonna do it anymore. To like, you know, the people who do that, it's like 95 percent of the world who post pictures of their cappuccino and their omelet. I know, and I don't want to be part of that. And I think that uh, I think that they're doing it is because they don't have anything else going on. I agree, but we do have some, and like, I I much rather just like to me being able to share that I did the nine thir- a sold out show at the nine thirty club. It, Maybe it's it's it probably is gross to people. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm sure there's people on your. I'm sure a lot of people. And someone made a comment. Uh, uh, Naomi Caravani. I'll call her out. Okay. She made a comment because I posted like four pictures from that night, and she was like, she was like something about, and I deleted it because I was like, dude, fuck you. Like I'm so happy. Yeah. And I know she was just kidding. Yeah. 
but she commented like uh, um, something like, uh, sh- sh- "Oh, shout out to your friends who have to like uh, um, like five posts from this one show you did," and and uh, which I understand, I get it's annoying maybe that I posted all these pictures. Uh, at the same time, it's a really but, that, but that's your moment. You had a moment. I had a moment, and, you're and like, dude, like a I moment can't, of triumph. It. It sounds stupid, but 930 Club is, if you grew up around here, which I yeah. did, it's a historic, Yeah, it's a fucking, a really nice, historic, respected club where bands that I fucking love, like, started there, go, like, played there when they're coming up, and yeah. sometimes they even come back and play, and uh, it's a big deal. Anyone you tell that you got to play a sold-out show at the 930 Club who grew up around here is like, oh my god. Huge, yeah. Yeah, and it was like a very, uh, a big deal for me. Like, I remember I was like teary-eyed before the show was starting. Because oh, man. you think about all the fucking shitty shows you do where no one's there, no one gives a fuck. Dude, you sit, you get your own green room. Yep. Your own, they, there's a person just for hospitality. Yeah. Unbelievable. They're so nice. I've never comedy clubs aren't even as that nice to comics as as they were. And I'm just the fucking opener. And uh, you sit, and your green room is right near like this fucking um, like the the curtain to go into the second tier. And just the fact that like knowing like you're sitting in a green room, hearing like 850 people come into a place, and you get to perform for them. That's crazy. That's like awesome. And I don't know, and like to me, like posting a picture of that is one. I get to brag. Two, it helps me get other shows. Yeah. So there, it's utility. And three, it's a reflection of all the work you put in to get to that point. So I, while I know people see it's gross, I I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'd rather like that picture than an omelet. Yeah, same. And then like when I see my friends post cool shit like shows, I feel good for them. Yeah. You know. And maybe a couple years ago I wouldn't because I had like jealousy issues. Sure. But now you kind of like you understand, you get perspective. It's like, yeah, good. You're fucking happy. It's so rare to do a show like that, that when you do it, it's like you feel so good for your friends. So Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's yeah, dude. I mean, cool. that's fucking awesome, man. Thank you for doing this. Oh yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Do you want? Do you, do you have anything coming up we can plug? Oh, I have a lot. Uh, well, we can plug um this weekend, I guess. Which oh, got? wait, it won't come out. When's this coming out? I can upload it by tomorrow if you want. Yeah. Sure. What's what's the uh what's September eighth? I'm featuring your headlining. Yes. At the Improbable Comedy uh show, for, it's called Comedy as a Second Language. At post 41, 8 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. That's going to be shows. a fun one, yeah. September 14th. We're doing long sets, man. Come yeah. check out me and Umar. That's going to yeah. be good. Yeah, that's going to be dope. Uh, September 14th, 15th, I'm featuring for Robert Kelly at the Draft House. Fucking dope. September 20th, uh, not a paid show. Who cares? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll be at the Baltimore Improv Theater doing a show. Overachievers on the 27th. Yes. I'm headlining the... Dragon Hops Brewery in Virginia on the 28th. The 29th, I'm back at the Big Improv Theater for a show. And then 26th and 27th of October, I know that's a while, but I'll be featuring for Dina ha- Hashim. Ha- ha- yeah, Hashim, I think. Hashim or Hashim at the DC Comedy Loft in, uh, in DC. So come to those. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, man. Dude, Thanks your, for your, having your me. lineup is your your schedule's stacked. <laughs> yeah. For a guy who's working with the kids in the hood, you are oh, busy, yeah. dude. Feels good. 
Awesome, man. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'll be dropping more episodes this upcoming week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Overachievers DC. And make sure you get your tickets for the September 27th show, man. It's almost sold out. We already sold 50 tickets. That's if awesome. you want to get your early bird tickets now before it, the tickets are 15 at the door. So save some money. Get your tickets now. See you guys at the next one. Peace. Bye.